I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Stockholm Local is a platform discussing relevant topics to seek understanding and spread cultural consciousness within Sweden and abroad. Today, I'm really excited to have someone very special, Manesh Ibar, who is a shaman based in the Basque country. Welcome. Thank Thanks you. for being here. Introducing shamanism to Swedes. <laughs> um, so I guess let's start off because so many people are always asking me, because I obviously I, I go to a shaman, that's you, and so many people are always asking me, what is, what, what is it like? What, what is shamanism? So can you explain, like, what the hell is shamanism? <laughs> What is shamanism? Uh, shamanism for me is one of the oldest spiritual paths on this planet. It goes beyond uh, paganism. And it's all about the study of nature and speaking um, to spirits or having the basis of seeing the world as a spiritual place. And then we incarnate into these physical beings. So everything that's physical has a spiritual nature. And shamanism is the communication with that spiritual nature and studying nature. And how did you find out you were a shaman? How did I find out? It just, it's through a whole life process. I think uh, when I was young, I was very much um, in nature a lot, and I spent a lot of time in nature. My grandfather taught us, he was very much in the mountains, and he spoke to animals when he was young and things like that. Then he became an engineer. But he always kept us uh, all very connected to nature. And then I had my life that went, and I think it was around 14, 15 years old, where I had a very powerful experience out in the woods. Um, popped out of my body and started hearing the owls, the trees, the worms, the bats, everything that was connected. And it was quite a weird experience because I was actually studying science and much more into the logical aspects of life. And then uh, this happened and I'm out of my body looking at myself from above thinking I'm dead. Um, and yet I was alive, communicating with everything. And I came back into my body, I'm making this story a little short, but came back into my body, went back, and didn't know what happened. Uh, and then the next day I went back because I wanted to see if it was the woods or if it was me or if it was what, what had happened. And there was actually a Native American 
waiting with two seats and I went back with my friend and he actually told us, you know, he just pointed right at me and he was like, what were you doing here yesterday? And I was just, you know, I was walking around the woods and he's like, well, this is sacred ground. You should have gone with your fear and turned back. And I was like, well, I go through my fears. And uh, he's like, well, you're a medicine man, but I'm not going to be teaching you. Get out of here and never come back. You know, and that was around 14, 15. That was the first time I really heard what a medicine man was. And it didn't happen until about two or three years later where I met a shaman. Um, due to that experience where the full moon was very much a part of that, I decided maybe I should do some type of ceremony or some type of something for the full moon and asked my aunt um, if she knew somebody who did ceremonies for the full moon. She gave me three numbers. I called the first one and it happened to be a shaman out in France actually in the mountains in the Alps and uh, we did a whole sweat lodge ceremony which was absolutely amazing. Met an Indian there, uh, our chief Arlaim there, who became one of my teachers, both of them, Jackie Bailey, who's a French uh, Druid, and Archie Arlaim there became my first teachers. So and it's uh, something you're born with, obviously. It definitely is, yeah. 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 But you, you didn't originally, you didn't follow that path immediately. No. no because you were in music? I was, yeah. And then what shifted you into being like, okay, I guess I'm a shaman, I'm going to be a shaman. <laughs> life, life really did. Um, I think my ego resisted it. I was kind of a superstar, a little new media guy and, and in the music industry and, and doing really well. And my ego was definitely on that trajectory and being uh, recruited by Google and this and that. But life, it was, it was interesting. It was uh, the summer of 2004. And I just left Sony, and uh, all my teachers started calling me back. And for me, it was just my spiritual path. Um, <laughs> I used to go, I mean, my grandparents were very Catholic, and I'd go to the church with them, and at seven, I'd start laughing at priests. So I got kicked out of the Catholic church pretty early. And so I didn't go through communion and all that, which the rest of my family did. And shamanism that kind of came in started being my spiritual path, and it was just very much more personal until about 2004, where all my teachers called me and they were like, by the way, uh, you know how you've been healing your friends? How's that going? And I was like, yeah, good, you know. And they're like, well, you might want to start charging for that. And I was just like, what? No, no, no. And then I met um, somebody, because I was doing sweat lodges um, around 20 or 21 for people. What, for people that don't know what a sweat lodge is, can you explain it? Sure. A sweat lodge is a traditional ceremony of purification. And so you go and you build a little hut, and it's very much like the sauna here very in Sweden. Sweden. Um, every culture actually had some type of way of sweating to heal and to reconnect um, to yourself and to nature. And so here in the, the traditional Native American style, you create a hut, like a little wooden hut. You put covers on it. You burn uh, a big fire where you have rocks inside, special lava rocks, and then you're going to bring those rocks into the sweat, and there's chants and singing, and you pour water on these rocks, which makes steam, and you purify. So there's a whole ceremony. It's really beautiful because it ties in. The fire represents the sun and kind of like the creative source energy that fits into the rocks. The rocks are the eldest uh, beings on this planet. Um, they take forever to come up through the earth and so there's a in shamanism rocks are very sacred 
and they have a lot to teach us. So we bring those in into the wound, womb of the earth, which is the sweat lodge. And there's always a moon altar, and we usually do these ceremonies during the full moon or new moon, unless it's a special healing lodge or uh, a wedding. You can, you can also use it for many different things. And so you go back into the womb to rebirth and purify and come out different. Sounds like I need to do that. <laughs> but keep going because so I interrupted so I was you. Doing, I was doing sweat lodges already and there was a lot of people that would come on weekends for the full moon. It was really nice. And some people I didn't know and, and uh, they, they came because they heard about it. And there was some healing that happened already. And then one of these pe uh, persons um, really got healed, her back healed, and then she really wanted me to help others of her friends. And uh, <coughs> she... <clears throat> she invited me to um, to come to Paris, and she basically started my career, where she had about 50 different um, clients for me. We got in a big fight and argument because I didn't want any clients, and uh, yet she convinced me to take them. And then that actually started my whole process. I mean, I didn't really know what I was doing, really, except I'd just start reading people's auras and, and uh, their energy which happened around 22, I, I popped into my clairvoyance. It was in New York, actually. I was rollerblading and started seeing blue auras around people and thought my eyesight was going out, you know, and something was wrong with my eyes. And I actually crashed. Uh, I saw this big aura come out and <laughs> ran right into the guy, spilled his coffee everywhere, and I just, like, flew and crashed. And is a blue aura, like, a, a good aura? Or, like, what's... Is there good and bad or no? There's just... No, I don't see good and bad. I see that there is duality, but everybody's working on different things. Um, so I don't see it as good and bad. I think the auras... Well, at first I didn't know what the colors meant. And then every color basically is, is a representation of a different conscious state. So if you're very much in yellow, for example, you're going to be dealing with ego and self-valuation and things of that nature. If you're blue, you're going to be much more into the mind and spiritual aspects and probably some healing. So what aura do I have right now? What aura do you have? You have a lot of blue, actually. Nice. Which is nice. It's more, mm -hmm. uh, it's a light blue, and obviously you're in expression, so. Yeah. 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 So then, okay, so with, I know, I mean, I know my experience personally from seeing you, um, but what typically can people expect when they go into a session with, with you? I always say don't have expectations. <laughs> right, but I guess like what like, for people that don't understand what you do, yeah. when you're sitting with someone, what are you doing with them? Like what are they going to get from it? I mean, without expectations, but generally. What what happens now? I mean, of of us. Um, okay, so in a session, I usually do about three sessions, uh, minimally, and it's all about aligning your energy field. So what I'll do is I analyze your energy field and then we'll talk about that. We all have wounds from our childhood, from our culture and things like that, which are resi residues inside our bodies. And we have to just usually learn to evolve consciously through those wounds, which is part of our life path. And we just need a little bit of guidance. So I go through what those wounds are, where they came from, and then I do a healing. And then usually the first session, I look at your human design chart, which is this incredible system. Um, and we can talk about that, but it's basically your genes and how your strengths and your weaknesses uh, are enabled by your genetics. And so it's a really amazing tool to get to know yourself 
let's talk about human design a little bit because I think especially for the people that aren't as spiritual and um, you know open to that kind of stuff, human design is more science based. Exactly. So how would you explain that to someone? Um, I know you get many clients like this probably who are like, ah, I don't believe in this stuff. I mean, how, so human design has science behind it. And, Completely. And what is, what is the science behind it? Um, the sci- they, they call it the science of differentiation. And it's actually looking at the neutrino fields. That is basically neutrinos are little um, uh, particles that are going just about as the speed of light, but they carry information. And there's this huge wave of neutrinos in the world, everywhere, that's being broadcasted and going right through everybody. But the information is being passed. So basically they'll take planetary information and then it triggers us genetically. And then those genes get activated and then you create chemical reactions and then that gives us our emotional, psycho-emotional kind of states. The human design was created in 1987. It's basically a synthesis of a lot of different traditions. So it it mixes the I Ching, which is the Chinese medicine system, um, the uh, Brahma system of chakras from India. Uh, It mixes the Kabbalah, it mixes astrology, genetics, and it even has some uh, tarot in there. Uh, So it's the synthesis, uh, which is kind of appropriate with globalization, where we're putting all these systems together and through a new type of calculation, there's actually two calculations that are going on. You kind of have your body um, calculation of when your body is being created at that magic moment when you're conceived and then your soul actually gets locked in at a different time inside your body and there's that calculation. And the combination of those two gives your map of your genetic map, your spiritual map, and it's extremely deep. And he really talks, it's been, Austria actually took it for 20 years and they brought it into the clinics and they started testing this um, to see if this theory was actually real and they've had incredible results and they're actually proving it that it's not just a theory, it is a science. No, I mean, for me, when you explained it, I mean, and everyone I know who, most of the people I know who, who have seen you and gotten, you know, the human design report for themselves. I mean, it's so right on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's extremely precise and it's a system. I usually don't really like systems because shamanism is, is about breaking systems um, that hold us kind of in a rigid way. When I was introduced to it, I was already doing sessions and I was usually using my clairvoyance. And so I'd kind of pull up the chart and then see what the chart was saying compared to what I was feeling or seeing. And oftentimes, if not all the time, it was completely in parallel and in accordance. So (laughs) I started diving into the knowledge and it's it's an incredible system. Actually, the founder says it's a shamanic tool, which is pretty amazing. What I found so cool about it is it's stuff, I guess, that I already knew about myself but it just brought it more to a conscious level of being so aware. So now, like, for instance, you said that I was not emotional, and I'm like, yeah, right, I'm so emotional, you know, which means, like, I'm not emotional because I'm taking on other people's emotions and really sensitive to that energy, whereas an emotional person is creating their own emotions, and that to me made so much sense because now, you know, you said to me, okay, (laughs) whenever you get upset or do these things, you have to say, like, is that my emotion or that person's emotion, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's really cool because that just something so simple but not simple like really shifts you mm-hmm. with that awareness I mean that's one example but it's like 
that kind of stuff, it's, it's it, even like the personality, the genes that I have, you know, and these different types of things, whether it's the emperor gene or this or that, you really, once you're aware of something, yeah. it's like, it really shifts something inside of you yeah. to be more, you know, understanding of who you are as a person. Exactly. Which I find really cool. I mean, um, my, my mother always said, you know, when I was uh, saying she didn't, whatever her shortcomings, or what I felt were her shortcomings, she said, you never came out with a manual, you know. And I always thought that was pretty funny. Um, and now human design is a manual. So it's actually amazing for kids and for parents because you get to see kind of the map of what your kids is. And there's, in the, in the basis of it, there's, there's five different types, energy types, and people fit into one of those five energy types. And those energy types, are their, their aura functions differently, their interaction functions differently, and it's amazing to see what your kids are and obviously what you are and then how that interaction happens. And then it goes into much more details. Like, as you were saying, half the world is emotional, half of it is non-emotional. Yeah. And most of the people that are actually emotional are usually the ones that hold their emotions in and don't show emotions. They're super emotion. controlled. Now I know exactly. I can always see... Frederick's emotional. I'm, you're not emotional, Mandy. <laughs> like, I can see, like, who who is because, you know, we're picking up the energies now I know. Yeah. But going back to the human design, because you did it for my son. Yeah. And it was amazing for me and my husband because, like, we really, we knew who he was. But to see it and understand, like, in the way that human design explains it. And I think intuitively I was parenting him that way anyways, but it really reinforced that how I was dealing when, with him when he's throwing a tantrum or when he's upset or when he's, you know, all these things. It, it shifts, you understand how to treat that particular child mm -hmm. and how, when they're dealing with problems and all these different things. And it was just, to me, fascinating and I think life-changing in terms of being a parent. Yeah, for sure. For me too. I mean, for yeah, I think for every parent to to be able to just even have just have that one element. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest fear that I find with so many people when I talk to them about my experience with you is the whole your clairvoyance, and they're freaked out that oh my god, you're going to tell them something about the future, or they've had a bad experience with a psychic, and, and I'm like, that's not really what Manish is about. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I find you only say things in the future that either like make you more confident. Yeah. and feel good like okay you're gonna have another child it's like great that's nice to know you know um if you want to have another child you know <laughs> or something that might need to be altered yeah. that's really important for you to know but otherwise you really avoid kind of mm -hmm. giving that stuff because you don't want to shift that so i think it's interesting like can you talk about your clairvoyance a bit and how you go about that with clients yeah i think before earlier i used to say a lot more uh, of what I saw and what I saw is that people would hang on to it so much that it would actually they would create that reality um, or reject it so much that they would prevent that reality from coming and I, I saw it as a, a responsibility of being careful of what you say to somebody um, especially about the future because it, it we do have a consciousness that can actually shift our realities mm -hmm. and so being stuck and I think a lot of clairvoyants who say things I've seen a lot of different people hang on to that so much and actually get hurt when it doesn't happen or you know it's false hope creating false hope and things like that so I see a lot and I speak to spirits obviously and so they speak to me and they say things that are going to be usually helpful to the person so it's either hope or it's very loving, like if you've lost somebody and, and I get to talk to 
the dead and they have uh, loving messages, um, sometimes keys, you know, like when there's wills that are being fought and mm -hmm. they don't know where a piece of letter is and the spirit says where it is and then all of a sudden that unveils a whole new piece and, and brings some clarity. So I feel like in, in terms of clairvoyance, I use it when it's very useful for the person where they need that information and they need to know and it's going to help them grow rather than the typical when am I going to find my love yeah exactly because yeah no because I've I ask you you know several times I'm like okay but you know with my apartment situation you know what's gonna happen you're like you know just stupid things like that you know exactly. but you don't really tell me you're like I mean, just I think you know wait for it to come so and I think that's good I mean the only you've only told me like two things in the future and mm -hmm. I'm grateful for both of those um, but otherwise, I'm glad you didn't tell me anything else because <laughs> I would hold on to it for sure. Yeah, exactly. So it's good. And also, I, I had this conversation with you about death and disease and stuff like that. And I know those are things you don't really touch on. Yeah. Um, well, it depends. If it's if it's going to happen, like I remember um, when I met a woman, she was kind of skeptical about this whole session. And her boyfriend had brought her into it. And she was like, how long is this going to be? Like, I only have about 20 minutes, you know? And I was like, it's going to be about three hours, and you can sit down because you're about to lose your father, you know? And she was just like, what? And then, actually, you need to know this, 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 too, of your past that's blocking you right now. And then she was like, okay, let me cancel some meetings. And then we sat down, and sure enough, three months later, her father died. But see, a lot of people would be really scared to know that. Of course, but at that point... You needed to very, do that for her. She needed to know because she was so not in her moment. Yeah. And so busy with, I'll say, superficial things. When mm -hmm. you know that your father, she was able to like have really meaningful conversations with him before he left. Now, whether she believed it or not at that time, she probably put it to the side as whatever. And yet when it happened, she knew that she could call me and we could go through it and we worked through the loss and really bringing her into the initiation of what it is to lose your parent. We all go through it at mm -hmm. some point, hopefully in that order. Um, so you just feel, I mean, I know with you because you've seen so many different people I know, different types of people and believe in this or not, and you really maneuver through their personality and how they're going to be able to handle the information completely you know like for me like i'm like tell me about all my past lives but then like you're <laughs> sitting down with a guy who's not really believing any of that stuff and you don't even touch on it exactly. so it's like um but i guess the past life thing i do want to touch on a minute because you know <laughs> when i found you i had just read many lives many masters by Amazing brian book. dr brian weiss who like changed my life yeah like, after I read it, I remember walking down the street and I was looking at everyone like, do they all know what's going on? You know, like, what's happening in this world right now? Um, and then I remember emailing you and I was like, oh, my God, you know, I, cause I, I stumbled upon you simply because I was having breakfast with a girlfriend who had just seen a shaman in Guatemala. And I had no clue what shamans were, but I had just read this Many Lives, Many Masters book. And she was like oh my God, this shaman told me all about my past lives. I was like, dude, I just read this book about past lives. Like, I want a shaman. Like, do I Google a shaman? Like, how do I find a shaman? She's like, you do not Google a shaman. She's like, a shaman comes to you. And that was at breakfast that day. And at lunch that day, I was having lunch with two girlfriends who were talking about you coming to London in two weeks. And I was like, oh my God, like this does not happen. Then one day I find out what a shaman is, that same day he drops into my lap. So I emailed you immediately and was like, 
did you read this book, Many Lives, Many Masters? And you wrote back and you're like, yeah, don't use it as your Bible, but it's pretty much what's going on. And I was like, holy sh**. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Shit. You know, this is so cool. So for me, I mean, that stuff is, uh, it, for me, it changed a lot because of fear of death, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like I'll be with my son again, I'll be with my husband again, you know, my mom, my dad, whatever, the people that you're close to and that like, it's a huge weight off your shoulders. I mean, I know like it's a very hard concept for many people to take on, but for me, it just made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you, do you, like, yeah, with the past life thing, like, you only tell people, though, their past lives if it, it's something that they need to deal with in this life, I guess. Right? Exactly. I mean, we all have, uh, well, most of us have a lot of different past lives. And so we can talk forever about your different past lives. I see them as your past. And so whatever relevant issues that you haven't solved in those past lives is what I'll talk about. And so usually it's not all your past lives because... Hopefully you've resolved most of your past lives. So whatever, like I, I've seen it where it's very practical is for uh, kids that are two, three, and they have ridiculous nightmares or very weird reactions. Usually that comes from a past life or they come, they're born with a disease. Mm-hmm. That's usually past life issues. And so you have to look at the past life, what happened, what's going on, what's not being resolved to help the person, the kid sleep better or actually get and why is it that, like, because I've read several books on this, that kids up until, like, six, some of them can really strongly remember, and then mm. they, like, lose it. At seven years old, our ego starts to develop. And so as we come into our ego, it's our individual personality. We move out of the spiritual, I'll say. Yeah. <clears throat> and then as we go deeper and deeper into the ego, we forget about all this spiritual stuff. And then little by little, we need to come back to it especially as we near death. Yeah. We start becoming a little bit more interested in it. Yeah. No, I saw that with my grandfather, like, at the towards the end when he was about to die. He had Alzheimer's, but he was always like, look at the clouds. I was like, wow, you've never talked about the clouds before. You know, he was really back into that level of, like, consciousness of just noticing nature yeah. and clouds and yeah. sitting 
forever. I mean, he was, you know, and he was like this entrepreneur. So it's very interesting the way it works towards the, the beginning and end when you go from like that circle of life back. I love this, uh, this image of um, these twins that are in the womb. And they're having this whole discussion of, you know, one believes like, well, you know, after this, we're dead, we're done. You know, and the other one's like, what are you talking about? We're going to be born and it's like, we're going to start. He's like, no, we're dead after this. Like, we're done. Like, this is just the, the, the trip. And it's very much how we see life, too, in terms of, you know, the argument of is there life after death? Yeah. And it's, it's an argument that we can have and you can choose both um, however it serves you. If you're going to live, what's, what's really important is the now. And so living fully in the now is what's important. If you're scared of death and, in your, and that corrupts your now, thinking that life after death exists might actually help you live the present moment without fear. If that freaks you out, that there's spirits and that there's life after death, probably better not to believe that and then just be in the now fully because it's the one life and there's only this life. And yeah. So for me, it's about being practical. Yeah. You know, very practical. And most of the time, I'm trying to just really help people realign energetically so they can live a better life and understand their relationships, which is where what we're here for. Right. Know, to explore love and I mean, because going back to this, like um, you were talking about death and things, but talking about disease and autoimmunes and all of cancer and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. it, I've talked to you about this before, but can you explain in your experience um, with different clients that a lot of times this will come on because they're not aligned? Yeah. I mean, and how you work with them to get realigned? Like, can you have some, give us some examples? or? Yeah, I can give you some examples. I mean, for sure, in shamanism, we see that you have a spiritual nature, and all diseases is because you're not aligned to your spiritual nature. So somehow your ego has, or your mind has, taken you out of your spiritual alignment and what you're here for. So the shaman's job is to uh, realign that and bring the alignment and understanding. Now disease is a dis-ease within yourself. And so it's life that's trying to bring you back into alignment to what's correct. I've had uh, examples, I'll give you two. Um, so I have a lot of doctors that send me their clients after they don't know what to do with them. I have some doctors that actually send them before they get into that bad state, and most of the time it's to deal with emotions. So our societies today are built where we don't deal with emotions. And as, as you mentioned, human design is really amazing for that, to understand the, the, the clarity of the mechanics of emotions. That's also why I brought you to Sweden. <laughs> so, but it's, it's most of the Western societies don't deal with emotions, and so somehow emotions are extremely important in, in our whole life. and. When we hold emotions in, it's going to create disturbances in our bodies, in our energy, and basically it creates different loops. So I'll give you two examples. There's, there's a woman that came, she was a terminal for uh, lung cancer, and um, yeah, she'd done all the different traditional therapies, chemo, etc., etc., and it hadn't worked. And she came in, and here in my clairvoyance, it was interesting, it was like, well, what happened five years ago? And uh, actually, it was like May, blah, 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 2005, I think it was. She kind of looked at me and she was like, why? And I was like, well, I need to know because that's when it, the, the cancer started. And she was like, well, my husband cheated on me that month. Like, that's when I found out. And I was like, interesting. And then immediately I was like, okay, I, I understand what you've done. Is, is So I said, you have good news and bad news. 
The good news is that you can heal. The bad news is that you have to leave your husband. And she just looked at me terrified, and she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, you're, you're, you've developed cancer to keep your husband, and by being sick, he has to take care of you. Bad news is your life is about to end. And guess what's going to happen <laughs> when you're dead? He's going to go through his love. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have a relationship. So if you allow him to have that, then you can live. And she swore at me and, and, and left the room and was really angry. And then the next week she called me and she says, I think you're right. How do I do it? How do I let him go? Which was actually quite an interesting, that's amazing work. And as soon as she did, and her husband actually really understood that she wanted the best for him, which is a real sign of love, and letting him go, he went and moved out. I mean, she was pretty forceful because the husband was obviously skeptical. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when he moved out, she healed. I mean, it took a week. And Were you giving her, like, any plant-based medicines and things like that? I was definitely helping her out with uh, her nutrition. We changed her nutrition for sure because um, that's the first aspect and then some essential oils for her energy um, and we gave her or I gave her um, yeah there's bog flower remedies which help change your consciousness a little bit slightly and they, they remove old thoughts like yeah. that are preventing you from really seeing things clearly and um, and then she healed and it was amazing I think it was like six months later she found love and had an amazing life mm -hmm. We had another, uh, I had another one. I say we because I talk about me and my spirits. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, uh, he had young, 23-year-old, like really healthy, strong body, athletic, and he had a full cancer of all the nervous system, so all his nerves, which is actually really painful. And uh, I went to see him, and I actually asked him, what's up with your relationship with your father? There's something really strong and he just looked at me fiercely and he said I would rather die than help my father out and so I was like wait <laughs> you gotta tell me more and so he said basically during the divorce he was a four or five year old child the father asked him to say different things during the court which he did to follow his father which actually made it that he didn't need to help his brothers and his mother he didn't have to put any money um. And he betrayed his mother, the kid betrayed his mother, basically. And so, for him, that was unforgivable, and he will never forgive his father, which is actually what the disease was asking him to do, is to reconciliate with his father. And he literally said, because I said, you have to forgive him. He says, I'd rather die than forgive him. And the next day he was dead, even though he was supposed to have six months. So life, at that point, gave him the option of working through something that's very painful, He's, he actually just said it, I'd yeah. rather die, so yeah. life. Well, it kills you off, I guess, if you're not going to yeah. shift the way they, you're supposed to. Exactly. But Which, of back. course, for me, well, yeah, on, <laughs> <laughs> on top of it. Yeah. No, I mean, I find it fascinating. I mean, I've told you, like, I, like, read news and things, and I'm always like, okay, they have that disease because of this and this. Like, you know, I mean, I'm, like, in my own, you know, world. But I think it really makes... I don't know, for me, it really expanded everything. Mm -hmm. And just meeting with you and my awareness and con you know, consciousness and all of this to, like, understanding others, understanding myself. You know, I think it's just a gift 
um, for even like uh, my family, you know, um, relationship wise, parenting wise, it really shifts so much. And I think it's quite frustrating for me sometimes because I take it maybe because I, I, I see how it can be so beneficial when people are so scared of it, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, that's also why I wanted you to come on here because I want people to see like, it's not something to be afraid of no. and you don't have to come in and learn like your whole life story in the future. It's just like, it's the first session with you is like really opening up you're channeling into that person you're seeing their subconscious and you're telling them things they already know but it's really pulling it to the surface and making you completely aware and then once you're aware you can't go back to walking in the wrong path you know you're really i mean you have to work you have to do the work Mm -hmm. which is a lot but you 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 completely shift into something else like closer to what you were when you were brought in this world before everything fucked you up you know Mm -hmm. um so i find it i mean i just think it's it's incredible. I mean, but how do you deal with, you know, because I've, I've had some people say, Oh, but Manish has a website and like, you know, (laughs) you've gotten some investors, I think to help because you're doing all this amazing plant-based medicine stuff that I want to talk to you about as well. But you know, so many people have this idea of what a shaman is. It's like this guy in like the mountains of Peru or something, you know, who like doesn't charge anything, you know, or Northern Sweden in a hut, you know? But the thing is, is like, there's not like, one wet thing or look what a shaman is no. you know but how do you deal with people that say that you're fake or that you know they don't believe in? i mean that would drive me crazy you know it drives me crazy when people say that to me you know about it because i'm like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about but how do you deal with that i just kind of let it go i mean there's so many projections on what a shaman is um and most people have no idea what a shaman is they have preconceived ideas and usually that feeds some of their fears so it was one of it was funny because people started calling me a shaman i never called myself a shaman um in my path and <laughs> you go out to dinner parties and everyone's like oh that's the shaman yeah. you know and everyone's like ooh and you see that people get scared and others are getting really interested and then they come and they ask so what is a shaman what do you do and you know most of the time it's just you heal people yeah. you help guide people um afterwards there's ceremonies as well that you deal with, and uh, so I do those as well. Um, there's the whole psychological aspect that you help, um, and then the energy aspect, and it's it's you're basically just a guide. And so there's many different ways of guiding the Peruvian guy up on the top of the mountain, or you know the Native American in the reservation. They have old traditions that are alive, and they're following those traditions, and they're in their own. Uh, tradition, their own way of, of seeing the world, and sometimes that's really good for us to go and change our perception. I went and learned with a lot of them, but there's also the modern world which needs a lot of help, mm-hmm. and I think one of the things in the modern world is every culture had shamans, every culture you know, used to use shamans. Swedes and were pagans. Completely. Uh, and they're still up yeah. in the top north parts. But shamanism, shamanism comes from the earth. And so as the earth evolves and things evolve, shamans are going to be born in the modern way to help the earth, in a way, uh, say its message. You know? And so, I mean, the Catholic Church, in the Jesuit order, when you become a Jesuit, there's a thing that says, go kill shamanism. 
and every other culture that's not in this faith, you know, and, and they take a vow to do that, which is pretty wild, and that's still today. And so they're not allowed to participate, and they're meant to destroy this. And so it's there's there's been a witch hunt for a very very long time on anyone who thinks differently than the, the church. Church, and luckily now in our modern times, the church's influence is less, and there's more openness in different spiritual paths, especially with the new age, that's just boomed since the 50s, 60s. Um, and so there is a lot of charlatans, and I think a lot of people are scared to have charlatans because there is people that yeah, take advantage. Yeah, there's so many out there. But that's true with doctors and lawyers mm -hmm. and businessmen and everything else. And yeah. I think, you know, always you have to feel your intuition of whether you feel the person or not. And that's true with everything. So I would say that applies to also picking a shaman. Projections of what people think, you know, a long time ago I kind of let go of that because it's just it's not personal no. it's their ignorance or their lacking of understanding that makes them have these um, ideas and oftentimes what's hard is I can see somebody and when I have a session I really see who they are and I explain it to them if they then want to retract and not deal with themselves they're obviously also going to reject me yeah. but that usually doesn't happen most people are excited understand themselves and you've said it a lot you know the, my sessions is about you accepting who you are deeply so that you can live more fluidly with less resistance and you can have more joy yeah you can be in relationships that are deeper and more intimate because you're sharing who you are rather than what others have projected on you yeah, or what society clear, it's says it's a clear view of yourself i mean i saw that with the first i mean i went to you i, mean, I was having chronic pain and all this stuff but and I went to you with so much fear, you know, like, what the fuck is going on? And I remember in there, you're like, you're totally healthy. You're fine. Like, don't worry about it. You're good. And like, and I literally walked out of that first session, like a huge thing had been lifting off of me yeah. because I was creating like something. Yeah. And it was just amazing. Like just in one, two hour session, not, you know, like I felt, I mean, I'm not a hundred percent like pain free and all that stuff, but like my mind that fear of all that went away yeah. like and that was just by you know you showing me myself again because yeah. it got a bit you know distracted mm -hmm. with life and I think that that's what's so incredible I mean even I have you know you saw someone I know yesterday who doesn't really have personally a lot of shit going on in their life but they just wanted to go and kind of see what it was about and they went and came out thinking like wow you know, it wasn't that they needed, like, amazing answers. Like, I went for a more kind of healing thing. But they felt like they understood themselves even more than they could have imagined, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think the benefits of even someone who thinks that they're 100% all good and fine in life, I mean, you still come out feeling enlightened. Mm -hmm. And then the ones who really need it, you know, like I felt I did, um, it's a whole nother level yeah. and then after three sessions like I said to you yesterday I'm like I don't need any more like I feel good now I'm like I feel like right now it's all good like I don't have that many, many more questions to ask you know yeah. um, so it's it's really powerful well I have I mean I have different clients where and it's actually part of the evolution at first it was very much like not big diseases, it was like rashes and you know, I get headaches and my digestion's messed up and so I'd see those people and, and you get to learn what those symptoms are. Um, 
And then little by little it became more complex with MS and yeah. cancers and Alzheimer's and all these things, which, so that's, that's the disease part and the healing goes on there. But then I moved into uh, more of the spiritual guide or like I'll say the shrink first. But you're a very different than a shrink. No. You look at inside the person. The person. So you're stuff, yeah. the person's getting a tailor-made therapy session. Yeah, it's but it's different. it's more like in terms of the shrink. I mean, like the psycho-emotional realm. So you might not yeah. have symptoms, but there's an uneasiness, or you're not really clear about how to make decisions, or clear on how your relationship is stuck, and you're not understanding why it's stuck and why it's not being fluid, and things of that nature. We all have those kind of issues. Um, and so I started working with people like that and now I'm working actually with people who are purely healthy and who are looking to optimize themselves and go into preventative health, which, which is quite exciting actually. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's bringing like a new paradigm of, of healing, <coughs> which is to prevent disease. So it's to stay aligned and optimized. Mm -hmm. And I think like a lot of um, people are interested in that now. Yeah, and I mean, it's really well, it to to optimize yourself, you have to know yourself deeply, and unfortunately, our s school system does not teach us how to go inside. And everyone wants a quick fix. And everyone wants the magic wand, of course, which is not what this is. Mm -mm, you know, you shaman is not that. the magic wand. For certain diseases, it can feel like it is because all of a sudden the alignment, the energetic alignment happens, the consciousness happens, and the healing can happen very quick. But when you're dealing with psycho-emotional issues and there's no symptom, you're actually dealing with life in a sense and it's just about giving you different tools and insights of what's really going on so that the consciousness can be raised and as you said enlightened and then all of a sudden with that you act differently mm -hmm. and then you ease the pain of those emotions that are stuck because you understand the dynamic that's going on. And a lot of people in our world, unfortunately, have the victim kind of role where, you know, it's always somebody else's fault that you're not feeling good. And I really think one of the biggest uh, things we need to get out of is that we're all responsible for our lives. And it's not because of another that we are suffering, ever. The other is just a mirror of something that's going on inside. And then mm -hmm. quantum physics is actually showing that as well. Um, so everybody's a mirror of something that's going on inside of us. And so as soon as you look inside, you can fix things and change things. And then your external world changes. Yeah. And it's really amazing. I think, and then when you're more, like, after seeing you and feeling more connected, I even do that on a day-to-day -day basis, like, with judging people. Yeah. Like, you know, now when I'm judging someone, I stop myself. I'm like, wait, why am I doing that? Clearly that's something with me. You know, because it is a judgment is projections of your own insecurities. Mm -hmm. So I'm really like, and and then what I find is the more and more I do that with myself and have that internal dialogue, the less and less I'm judging, mm -hmm. and the happier I am because I'm not, I'm just not doing that anymore. Because mm -hmm. it really sucks to do that to constantly be putting yourself up against other people and doing that. I mean, it's right. not a fun thing to do. Well, our culture is set up that way. Yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, it goes back to what you were saying in terms of a. Um, you know, the judgments of, sh of what is a shaman and what people project on me, it's more of actually a reflection of where they're at. And the shaman represents this mystical creature that supposedly knows it all and, like, that freaks people out because they feel intimidated right away of what 
am I going to discover? Yeah. Oftentimes you discover who you are and it actually feels really good rather than discover some things. Now, you know, sometimes when you go to see an indigenous shaman and you haven't ever had experience with indigenous cultures, their way of seeing the world is so different that it feels almost too far. Mm -hmm.